on is that a mediocre man or woman or a mediocre leader who will not be able to inspire the genius in the people that he or she leads is someone that suffers from mental laziness. By that I mean being unwilling to work your mind or exert mental energy. Mental laziness. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24 in the New Living Translation, it says the lazy people, it said lazy people don't even cook the game that they caught. But the game that they catch, but diligent make use, the diligent make use of everything they find. When you check the story of Nigeria, for instance, when Mr. Demosu was speaking yesterday, he brought some statistics about our nation. 125 out of 130 something in poverty rating, you know, and, and all that. There was nothing really inspiring about that. One of the reasons why our story is the way it is today is that we are classified amongst the kind of people who will not be able to roast or process or exact mental energy or celebrate mental energy. We celebrate physical energy far and above mental energy. Yeah. Because, for instance, we have crude oil and we have to take it abroad to process or roast it. Yeah. The person who processes what God gives to him or her stands a better chance than the one who sells it raw. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. You have cocoa, you sell it for a lesser amount, somebody processes it and makes chocolate out of it, and the chocolate bar sells much higher, maybe than one kg of cocoa. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. When God puts ideas in your mind as a leader, are you able to process it with mental energy to take it to the next level? Idea, every idea that comes to you is still in its raw state. What God expects from us is to apply the mental energy that is needful to make that idea become what he has in mind from day one. That's why they say that when life throws you lemon, make lemonade out of it. Yeah, that's the ex exertion of mental energy. It's lemon that life has thrown at me. What can I do with it? Then I turn it to lemonade. Yeah. And you know, God has given us the capacity to create. He created the first things and left the work of creation to all of us. A leader that is creative, that is exerting mental energy, will, will, will be, you know, will, will be inspiring. People see that and they marvel. Yeah. And they want to be, they, they want something more to come out of them too. God gave Adam tree, but he didn't give him chair. He says, when you're tired of sitting under the tree, you will cut the tree, file it properly, and make a sofa. Yeah, so that you can sit comfortably. I hope somebody's following me. Yeah. So a mediocre leader is the one that suffers from mental laziness. Number two is that a mediocre leader is easily overwhelmed. When you are the kind of person that is easily overwhelmed by small problems, what happens is that you find it very difficult to inspire genius in the people that you lead. Easily overwhelmed. 
We don't have big problems. We only have little people. Proverbs 24 and verse number 10, the Bible says, if you fail in the day of adversity, it said it's because your strength is small. It's not because of the adversity, it's because of your strength that is small. A lot of the time when we have issues, people think about the problem, the problem. Proverbs 24 and verse 10, when you read in another translation, it said if you, if you, uh, if you fail in the day of adversity, uh, one translation says because your strength is small. One translation says if you fail to perform under pressure, you are a poor specimen. So it is the, what is inside you that we should do something about, not the problem. There are really no overwhelming problems. We only have people who are overwhelmed. Because the, the problem that overwhelms someone is the one that somebody else used for toothpick. Yeah. Just to warm up. Yeah. You know, in the days of David, how many people ran away from the lion and the deer? And David said, if a lion came and took one of the sheep, said, I ran after it. I smote it. And I took the sheep from out of his mouth. That was why when David saw Goliath, though he was a small boy, but his life inspired genius in the people that saw him. The women saw what he did, and they started to sing his praise. They saw as slain is 1,000, David 10,000. How do you compare the king of Israel, the man that the Bible said stood shoulder high above all the other people to a small boy? That's the value of inspiration that comes from, you know, not being overwhelmed by Goliath. There are giant killers in this house. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah. And the only way that a giant killer in you will rise is if you will refuse to be overwhelmed by little problems, little issues. I remember, you know, after the Elevation Church started, and you know, we, we had little kids, thank God they're uh, growing up now and they're a lot older. My first daughter is now a teenager, you know. But back then, eight years ago, they were five-year-olds, you know, four-year-olds around that. And uh, <laughs> my wife and I were coming to, you know, these arguments. Yeah. The truth is that there are no perfect marriages. We only have good and bad marriage. Yeah. Is it that your marriage is good or is bad? Yeah. <laughs> Every marriage is work in progress. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. So make it good. Yeah, by making it principle-centered. I remember one day I told my wife, I said, it's, one, it's a little church we're pastoring, and with these little girls, two of them, yeah, and a church that was maybe about 200 people, and we're arguing and fighting like this. <laughs> Somebody called, by that time, the president of America was Barack Obama. I said, Barack Obama is leading the most powerful country in the world. They have not been settling Korea between him and his wife. <laughs> I said, this, 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 what we have is not a problem that will overwhelm us. We just need to wake up, yeah, and address our issues. And it gave me, I mean, when I came to that realization, I started to see the issues we're having as little issues, yeah. Today, I can categorically say that our marriage inspires people, yeah. Because people come around us and they see love, they see, you know, they see, they see connection. Are you still with me today? Is it perfect? No. Is it a good one? Yes. Hallelujah. 
Look at your neighbor, say, make it good. Make it good. Say, say, by and by there will be perfection. Make it good, make it good. <laughs> In 1 Samuel chapter 30, when you read from verse 1, David had an unfortunate incident. The Amalekites came to Siglag and ran over everything. They took the children, they took the, the, all his wives, including Abigail, that they got from neighbor, the very wise woman, took everybody away, bombed down everything. David got there and he was completely overwhelmed. It's okay to be overwhelmed temporarily, but if you want to inspire genius in the people that you lead, you cannot remain in an overwhelmed state for too long. You need to come to that point where you tell yourself, it, 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 it's okay, I'm done with being overwhelmed. It's time to move to the next level. So David cried, it's okay to cry. It's just that you should, weeping must not, <laughs> the Bible says weeping can endure for a night, but there's a morning. But when you have first night, second night, third night, if David had continued crying and did not call for Abiathar the priest, at that by, you know, the people thought to stone him, they would have stoned him. By the time weeping continued for a night, second time, first night, second night, by third night, they will stone you. Because the level of inspiration they have will have gone to ground zero, empty. And when people are not inspired, they start to receive negative inspiration to harm you. When a leader positions in such a way that you have zero, zero inspirational value, people start to think of how to destroy you because you have no good. And if you cannot leave me the way you met me, <laughs> or if you can't take me further than the way you have met me, leave me the way you have met me rather than taking it down. If David had continued crying, crying, they would have stoned him because the people had the mind to stone him. They were planning it. Thank God that he changed his mind and said, no, I'm not going to continue like this. To so just be overwhelmed. Tell your neighbor it's time to wake up. To Tell somebody for me, say, stop crying. stop crying. Yeah. Can we say it like Pastor Nika said yesterday, stop bleeding. Stop Let the bleeding stop. Let, Let the crying stop. It's time to inspire the people around you. Glory be to Jesus. Number three is that a mediocre leader is easily intimidated by witchcraft and sorcery. Yeah. Easily intimidated by witchcraft and sorcery. Especially if you live in this part of the world. Before we say something, he said, it's our enemy. They have come. Yeah. As if you are the only one that has a village. All of us came from village, one way or the other. Why must it be you that you say the people from our village have come? The moment anything happens, easily intimidated by witchcraft and, and, and sorcery. But you have forgotten that Proverbs 26 and verse number 2, the Bible says like a, like a fleeting uh, sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without a curse shall not alight. The Bible says that uh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, for it is written, Causes everyone that hunger the tree, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. Where is the cause coming from if you can exert your spiritual authority and deal with the devil? If you use witchcraft and sorcery as an excuse for too long, nobody will be inspired around you. Instead of inspiring people, you put fear in their heart. Yeah. When they fail also, they will say the enemy has come. 
Can you help me look for a leader around you and tell them, uh, say, <laughs> say you have power over witchcraft and sorcery. Stop using them as your excuse. When you over-celebrate the power of witchcraft and sorcery, especially as a Christian, you lose your inspirational value. Yeah? You lose your inspirational value. That's what, that's what happens. You lose your inspirational value. Number four, a mediocre leader is easily satisfied with status quo. Easily satisfied with status quo. Paul, writing in uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, he said, this one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind. I press, I press towards the mark of the higher calling in Christ Jesus. A mediocre leader who will not be able to inspire other people is someone who is really satisfied with status quo. You've been on this job three years now, no promotion. This is not the only job in Nigeria or in the world. Yeah, you need to do something to yourself that says is either I get another job, I get promotion here, or I move on to do something more important with my life. Yeah. We have been recording this same number for so long. It's time to press a bit. It starts with a desire. One thing that separates a miracle leader from a leader that will inspire is the desire for more. There's more with God. When you make up your mind, I'm not okay here. I'm not just going to be easily satisfied. I want to press a little further. Then the heavens open. Then great ideas start to come. Say amen, somebody. Yeah, yeah great ideas will start to come. So don't be easily satisfied with status quo. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6, which is what many people quote, godliness with contentment is great gain. Having the promise of the life that is and the one that is to come. But he said godliness with contentment, not containment. They're two different things. Can you hear me tell your neighbor, say contentment, contentment. is different from containment. Contentment says we celebrate God for where we are on the way to where we are going. Contentment demonstrates an act of gratitude for where I am on the way while I anticipate what is ahead of me. Containment says we have gotten to the terminus or the bus stop of life. The writer of 1 Timothy 6.6 did not say godliness with containment is great gain. It says godliness with contentment is great gain. It's time to be content but not to be contained. Yeah. While I was growing up here as a leader, <laughs> praise God, while I was growing up here as a leader, every year we set goals. I'm going to tell you one or two things I learned from my pastor that inspired me because this is a leader that inspires other leaders. Yeah? And there's a lot to learn here. Yeah. I mean, to sit and set goals already says we don't want to be contained, but we are content. Because if we want to be contained, we won't set goals. Yeah. And if you have been a part of this house, I'm talking Day Star Christian Center and all role models from all around the world, you know one of your mark as a role model brought up in this house is that every year you set goals. Yeah. Except you have passed through this church and the church did not pass through you. <laughs> Am I saying the truth? Yeah. Every year you set goals. When you set a goal for yourself, what you are saying is, I am content but not contained. I'm content, but I'm not content. 
So a leader that will inspire other people must do something with status quo. You must not get familiar with status quo. Number five, a leader that will inspire other people, a leader that will deal with mediocrity, a leader that is not a mediocre person will deal with excuses. Excuses, 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 that, that you know, just, that, that, that's, that's the way of a mediocre leader who will not inspire other persons. If you want to be a leader that will inspire other people, you must be able to deal with your excuses. In John chapter 4, I think Pastor Nika was talking about that yesterday, uh, the, the man there who, who, who was at the pool of Bethesda, and it's just excuse, excuse, excuse. How can you be somewhere, is it 18 years or 30, 28 years on the same spot, and you still have an excuse? When somebody came to tell us yesterday, uh, shortly after I was born, I had, you know, the, the loss of one leg, and I told myself, I'm not going to give any excuse. Can you see how inspiring that, that story was? Because somebody decided, I'm going to deal with my excuses and just take the best out of life. Sometimes, I, 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 maybe I should say this to somebody here. I don't know who you are, but God just put it in my heart to tell you. Stop using your spouse as the excuse. Many married people, you know, and it's so convenient, the devil will just put it in your heart. And it's, it's your wife that is limiting you. Or some people will say, my husband has used my star <laughs> to, you know, to double up his own. That's why he's the only one that's making progress, making money, you know, and all that. A woman was telling me that like three or four weeks ago. You know, when people tell you such things, sometimes, uh, you know, you have to be a pastor. <laughs> if not, I, I can't tell you what was going on in my heart. Like I should, <laughs> <laughs> to say, knock sense into this person's head. That, that, no, 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 no. Yeah. How will God sit down? God that created you, and the Bible says male and female created them, and he blessed them, the two of them. And that God will now sit down and allow somebody to carry your own star, to double up his own. <laughs> when you are a believer, and you have power in Christ Jesus, say amen somebody. Amen. Let's stop all the 